Hi, I'm the person whose closet is put in color order, but I'll also pick up an earthworm without thinking twice. In fact, I did yesterday. <laughs> it needed my help. I'm not afraid to be a little messy. Human nature is messy, but nature nature can help us embrace it. I love the brand seventh generation. Their laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with the power of bioenzymes. That's exciting. You wipe your hands on your pants after you pick up an earthworm. Seventh generation is like, don't worry, hug a dirty tree, huff some bark. It's good for you. That is the power of seventh generation. Find laundry detergent and other laundry products at seventhgeneration.com. I love worms. I know I usually save my secrets for the end of the episode, but I'm going to tell you my secret favorite candy. It's Reese's peanut butter cups. It's really Reese's anything, but Reese's peanut butter cups are the thing that I'm like, have I had a bad day? I get these. Have I had a good day? I get these. Chocolate salty peanut butter, the textures. I love everything about them. Also that there's two. So I'm like, oh, I get this one for later, which is one second later. Anyway, Reese's peanut butter cups. I love you. That's all. If you're me, you can shop Reese's peanut butter cups now at a store near you found wherever candy is sold. And I am. You know, that person who just cut you off on the highway, that one, that turd behind the wheel, you know, malicious YouTube commenters, but also Dolly Parton. And your ex-office mate's pet chinchilla? What do all these beings have in common? Effin' love carbs, man. Love them. All of us. We're just walking, breathing dumpsters of bread and fruit and starch and saccharides. Even if you don't eat many carbs, your cells are still composed of them, and you'd be up quite a creek in their absence. Thanks, carbs. Hey, hi. It's me. It's Allie Ward. This is Ologies. Hi. So in this episode, we'll talk about what a carb is and why people are in labs studying them and if they wear lab coats or not and how Harrison Ford is involved, what kind of diet we should eat to feel less like post-holiday marshmallow and which diets are fads, how much sugar is bad for you and why, you know what, it's not your fault that you would risk early death to lick brownie batter from a bowl with your fingers. And also, why does any of this even matter? Now, I want to say before we get into this episode, one thing I've gotten some tweets about recently is a closure to the Feral Audio Network. People are like, Allie, what's happening with Ologies? Heads up, nothing. Ologies hasn't been on Feral Audio since episode one. I left in September. So Ologies continues. Um, so thank you to everyone who has merch or is a patron and to everyone who tells friends or tweets or subscribes or taps the guy next to you on the subway and is like, you should listen to this. Um, also, thank you to everyone who leaves reviews on iTunes, which helps the podcast stay up in the charts. It's amazing. It, it's been in like the top 50 or top 20 or top 10 even um, since we started. So that's crazy. Also, I read all your reviews. And I love them. Do you want to hear a few from this week? I'm going to read you one of my favorite. I'll read you my favorite one. My favorite one this week was by the Joy Sandwich podcast, which is another great podcast I really want to go on. They say, if you want to learn all the things while feeling insignificant and humbled and like a tiny clump of atoms, ologies is your jam. It's the greatest. So much learning and sillies and just the best reminder that we are here together on this pale blue dot. Also, Livy821, uh, says she honestly wishes she was my best friend. Is that possible? Because that'd be rad. I don't see why not, Libby. Consider it done. We do have to get matching tattoos, which we will have to carve with steak knives. So if you're still up for that, holler at me. Okay. I also want to thank everyone for your patience over the holidays. Episodes were a little more sporadic. I just, I wanted to get glycobiology up last week. I was visiting my parents in the woods and there was all this cool wood to be chopped. And I got to help fix a furnace, which ruled. And there was a friends marathon on. And you know what? It was just really nice. So I took the week off. So thank you for your patience. Okay, so on to our guest. Loosen your belts and just unbutton the top one of your pants. No one cares. Get ready to freebase some pixie sticks because we're diving face first into carbs with a woman who is a graduate student at the University of Georgia at the Complex Carbohydrate Research Center, which is a thing. Please feast on the knowledge of glycobiologist Michelle Ducroix. Yeah.
yeah, just, okay. yeah. So um, I'm Michelle Ducroix. Now, Michelle is originally from Athens, Georgia, but she did her undergrad in Connecticut, where it is very cold. And she was checking out schools for graduate research, and an advisor at the University of Georgia offered her a tour of this really unique, crazy research facility on her campus. She was like, what is this? And so he took me on a tour of the building, and he's like, we study complex carbohydrates, which is just a, a very underappreciated macromolecule. <laughs> it's the underdog. It is. What it really is is so, you know, there's like four macromolecules that make up life. Mm-hmm. There's uh, nucleic acids, lipids, proteins, and carbohydrates. Really? And people give a lot of attention to the other three, obviously. Like DNA and RNA are like super hot, mm-hmm. and that's totally fine. They're super important too. But what a lot of people don't realize is that literally every single cell in the human body, in in the animal body, in bodies, um, is covered in a layer of complex carbohydrates. You have to use certain microscopes to really be able to see this very well. But essentially, if you think of a tennis ball Mm -hmm. and the yellow fuzz on the outside looks a lot like the actual outside of a cell. These carbohydrate chains are sticking out of a part of your cell membranes called the lipid bilayer. It's called that because it's two sheets of back-to-back fats that help in controlling what comes in and out of your cells and which other cells your cells hang out with, etc., but it's not just like a smooth, glossy surface. We think of these nice, like organized, like fluid model of the lipid bilayer. But in the lipid bilayer, 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 bilayer. Lipid bilayer is hard to say. It's hard to say, but it's fun to say. When I was in biology studying bio in high school, I used to get the words lipid bilayer stuck in my head like a song or a grocery list. Like I just bebop around going lipid bilayer, lipid bilayer. It's so good. Bilayer, bilayer are actually like proteins and different types of lipids that have complex carbohydrates just jutting off of them. What do they do? They're really important for um, cellular communication. Really? Like what? For the most part. For instance, two proteins that may have, or a protein that may have a carbohydrate motif on the outside is mm-hmm. what it would be called. That sounds so um, fancy. I know. I have a carbohydrate motif. Um, indeed. In my guest bathroom, we've opted for a carbohydrate motif. motif. <laughs> if it has a carbohydrate motif on the outside, it um, there could be a neighboring protein that has a carbohydrate binding uh, segment. Mm-hmm. And so those would be called carbohydrate binding proteins. Okay. So it's a way for two cells to interact with each other. And why do they want to bind? Why do the cells want to bind? Um, a lot of times it initiates... Um, other signaling in the cell. Like what? I am just straight up interrogating this poor woman. For instance, um, bacteria have a lot of carbohydrates on their cell surface too. This isn't just like a, you know, human thing. This is any cell type. And um, immune cells will actually bind to the carbohydrates on the bacteria cell. And that's how they recognize they're like, oh, wait, this isn't a human carbohydrate because bacteria express their own types of complex carbohydrates, and it's like, wait, this isn't a human, and then it'll initiate the immune response. Really? Yeah. So it's a huge, it's a huge player in immunology. There's a lot of studies. So at the center that I work at, there's actually several immunologists studying these uh, the carbohydrate binding interactions between pathogens and the host or the human body. So sticking out of a lipid bilayer of cell membranes are like party streamers, if you will, composed of all of these different sugar molecules. Like, you know those things in gas stations or oil change places that are like whip around, those weird wind socks that dance around? They're like that, but they're made out of sugar. And they can be chunkier, too, with just a few carbohydrates each. They can be short and squat, or they can form these long chains called saccharide chains that can be like 100 sugars long. So why are all of your cells and animal cells and bacteria cells wearing these extravagant feather boas made of sugars? What is happening? What's going on? What kind of craziness is this? Well, most of the time, they think it's for signaling other cells, probably. 
I, I have to admit, a, a lot of the field of glycobiology is figuring out what these carbohydrates do. We don't 100% know for every single case. How do you see them? Actually, the way I analyze them is using mass spectrometry. Okay. Um, so and you so, shoot light through them and check out a rainbow? Uh, not quite. I have no idea what I'm talking about here. I got mass spectrometry, very confused with spectroscopy, I think, which involves rainbows and light, and it looks like the cover of Pink Floyd's 1973 album Dark Side of the Moon, which then sent me down a path of why did they use that image? Well, it turns out one of the Pink Floyd album designers saw the image of a prism in a physics textbook and was like, dude, that's dope. Let's use it. Now, remember, light splitting has nothing to do with what Michelle does. She uses mass spectrost... No, mass spectrometry. Yes. Okay, that involves ions. I wanted a visual for mass spectrometry, and it, the machine just looks like a big Xerox machine or a printer that weighs like 500 pounds. This is how it works. Nothing to do with rainbows. And it shoots them into the instrument, and this instrument literally just measures the mass to how much charge sticks to it. So how oh. many like little sodium bits stick to it. And then you can identify And them. then we can identify them based on their mass to charge ratio. What was your first day like in the lab? Oh, wow. Uh, my first day. Um, so I rotated through a lot of labs before I finally settled on one lab. Um, and my first day, I actually knew that this was the lab I was going to join because I'd just done a rotation in a lab that was filled with guys and as much as I love sports, like all they did was talk about was football. It was, it drove me crazy. <laughs> and I walk into this new lab. So on her first day, another grad student walks up and says, oh my God, I love your leggings. Where did they come from? <laughs> and as much as I hate admitting it, I was just like, this is my home. Um, I knew I needed somewhere that I could be comfortable and just talk about what I felt like talking about most days. Mm -hmm. um, and it was great. But my... Kind of early on in the lab, there were a lot of techniques I needed to learn. I knew nothing about glycobiology. I knew nothing about mass spectrometry. Um, and so it was a pretty steep learning curve. But um, there are a lot of grad students in my lab, and they were all very, very helpful in terms of helping me learn the techniques that I needed. Um, but it was overwhelming for a little bit. It was kind of like, what am I doing here? What kind of leggings were they? I don't know. I had to ask. They must have been, like, legit leggings. Um, they were actually just, like, black leggings from, like, <laughs> Old Navy. But she just she was just like, oh, they, like, don't look like the, the sad, thin kind that when you bend over, you've got problems. So she was like, oh, they look really good. And I was like, cool, yeah. So did you have to learn how to pipette things and look at things through a microscope? or So pipetting and, and, and microscopy were actually things that I knew how to do. I did a lot of research in my undergrad um, and even some in high school. So I actually, those were skills that I was, I was pretty, pretty good with. It's a lot of like analytical and chemistry techniques that I didn't really know. Um, and then I do a lot of cell culture. So for Michelle's thesis project, she is researching the effects of glycolipids on a disease called salt and pepper syndrome, named such because it causes spots of hyper and hypopigmentation, as well as seizures and intellectual disability. So it's rare and it's not good. And if you're curious and want to do just some light reading, you can Google this title of a paper. It's called A Mutation in Ganglioside Biosynthetic Enzyme Results in Salt and Pepper Syndrome, a, a Neurocutaneous Disorder with Altered Glycolipid and Glycoprotein Glycolization. Glyco... Gly mm. Michelle's just like, you know, low-key working toward understanding it and finding better therapies for it. Just, you know. Like a boss. What were you like as a kid? Did you have microscopes? Did you like science? Yeah, I was actually really, I guess, lucky in that I was exposed to science and I really liked science at a young age. My dad is a veterinarian and he actually teaches at the UGA vet school. And um, he would always let me come like hang out in his lab with him. And so I learned how to use like a microscope um, at a pretty young age and I remember like a science fair project one time, he like let me take a bunch of like agar plates and swab bacteria on them and grow bacteria. And What kind of stuff did you grow? Or what kind was, of stuff did you swab? Yeah, it was one of those ones where you like wet the Q-tip and swab like the door handle yeah. and people's hands. 
Honestly, how cute would it be if your veterinarian's daughter asked to swab your hands so she could grow a culture? I would be like, yes, please do. And then also take me directly to the hospital because I'm currently in the process of dying because that was fatally adorable. You have killed me with your cuteness. Also, Michelle, thank you for growing up to cure diseases. You roll. Do you have any favorite movies that involve glycobiology? So Are there any movies there about There is a movie about glycobiology, no. yes. It's called Extraordinary Measures. Okay. Um, it came out in 2010, I believe. I have to admit, I haven't seen it. What? Um, it's not on um, any of the streaming services, and I, I really like can't find a copy to watch. Oh, no. Oh, have you not heard of this movie? Um, that makes sense. On Rotten Tomatoes, it scored a... Are you ready for this? A 28% fresh rating meaning that 72% of critics would have lobbed decayed food at the screen if they had a chance, despite a whole bunch of movie stars being in it. Ouch. And what's crazy is, like, it has, like, Harrison Ford and, like, Brendan Fraser. It, it's, like... And it's about glycobiology? And it's about glycobiology. It's about this, like, businessman, I believe, whose two kids are diagnosed with um, a disorder, a rare disorder, and... It turns out it is um, what's called a congenital disorder of glycosylation. So any disorder that's caused by problems in making glycoproteins or glycolipids is just called a congenital disorder of glycosylation. Okay. Um, so it just means a gene involved in glycobiology or glycosylation has been messed up. Glycosylation and, sounds like I want to drop an album called glycosylation. I know. It's a cool <laughs> word. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So in the movie... Brendan Fraser and Carrie Russell's two kids have a disease called Pompeii's disease, which is a real disease. This is based on a real family. He's a pharmaceutical executive. He wants to find out more about it. He wants to find a treatment. And so he drops everything. And he and this one scientist, played by Harrison Ford, go on a mad race to study this disorder and try to find a cure for it. In the trailer, which is like three minutes long, someone says at different parts, are you crazy? And then later, are you insane? So they were really, they were like, you know, once isn't enough. Let's put it in there again. But yeah, there's this one phrase that like Harrison Ford says, and he's like, this is just what I've heard from other people. He's like, don't you know about glycobiology? And it's like, the answer to that for most people is no, <laughs> no, I don't know about glycobiology. Um, like very much negative. No, the majority of the population, unfortunately, but it is really, really important. So um, sometimes what makes a good article doesn't always make a good movie. That's okay. You try things. You try it. Maybe we need to get that movie out there more. I don't know. Maybe Netflix should stream it now. <laughs> I think we should put out a call. If anyone has a copy of this, they need to reach out to you. That would be awesome. I mean, come on. <laughs> I wanted to see just how elusive this film is. And it turns out you can totally rent it and stream it for like $4 on Amazon, where it enjoys a healthy 4.5 stars. Uh, it is undetermined if glycobiologists are, are the only ones watching the movie. When you tell people you're a glycobiologist, what what's the first question they usually ask you? What is glycobiology? Okay. <laughs> um, which I try to give just as succinct. It's the study of complex carbohydrates, but not like the ones I don't study bread. A lot of people are like, oh, like, so should I eat white bread? And I'm like, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. If you like it. <laughs> okay. Number one, live your life. Number two, if your life confuses you, as mine does, there's a reason now, for years, people have been saying that white bread and refined flours are the foodstuffs of Satan because there's not enough fiber in them to slow down digestion. You get too much sugar into your blood at once, thus taxing your pancreas and leading to type 2 diabetes. But a study came out in June 2017 that said, quote, researchers found no overall differences in glycemic control when people ate white bread compared to wholemeal sourdough bread. They apparently found that some people responded better to white bread, others responded better to wholemeal sourdough bread, and the response could be predicted by the types of bacteria living in your gut. Now, hold up. So this was only a week-long study with only 20 volunteers. This is essentially like if at a family reunion you were like, hey, half of you guys eat white bread, half of you eat wheat, tell me how you feel. Also, two of the researchers involved in this study work for a company that, quote, offers to balance your blood sugar with personalized nutrition, 
with dietary advice based on the results of stool tests. So, so a couple of the researchers are directly making money off of finding out if gut bacteria helps balance your blood sugar. So if you're confused, that's because sometimes scientific studies can be stretched and interpreted by like Us Weekly to mean what you want to hear, which is eat whatever you want. Okay, back to how Michelle handles glycobiology cocktail party talk. And then I just, I just always have to do a quick answer of that, like it's on all of your cells and it's really important for cell signaling in your immune system. Does your business card say glycobiologist? No. Should. Now, you're, you met your husband through glycobiology? No, actually. So we both study glycobiology. Um, my husband and I actually met in high school in Athens. Oh. Yeah. Um, we started dating our senior year of high school, um, and then we both went away for college. I was at Yale in Connecticut. Meanwhile, her high school sweetheart and future husband was at Northeastern in Boston, which is about two hours away from each other. Did that suck? It was manageable. In the end, when it came to picking a grad school, they both liked Georgia. They both happened to pick glycobiology, although his main focus isn't on animal cell walls. It's researching and generating better plants for biofuels. Can you imagine anything more trendy than a car that runs on avocado? It would be amazing. Do you guys talk about glycobiology a lot? So we do. We talk through each other's problems a lot. Although, like, I have to admit, like, I don't know tons about plants and mm-hmm. he doesn't know tons about like neurological disorders. So do she and her husband ever cut carbs, gasp, pearl clutch, smelling salts? So we never do like the low carb, high fat kind of setup, like the keto diet. I'm like not the Atkins. A, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that. You may have heard a lot about the keto diet lately as this little family, little family of billionaires called the Kardashians um, and also this lady named uh, Beyonce uh, and all these tech CEO air quote biohackers have been swearing by it, especially the last few months. So is it new? No. It was developed in the 1920s as a remedy for epilepsy and it's still used today to control seizures. So what is the ketogenic diet? How is it different from low carb and Atkins and what is the deal? What is the deal? Okay, so keto is very low carb, less than 50 grams of carbs a day, sometimes lower than 20 grams of carbs a day. Not just sugar, just carbs in general. So your body stores carbohydrates in the form of glycogen for fuel. And we take that, we squirrel it away in the liver and your muscle tissue. And when you cut carbs and don't replace those backup stores, you run out of glycogen and your body goes into ketosis. So that is when you are out of glycogen. So you break down fats into fatty acids and ketone bodies that are used for fuel for the body and for the brain. So you kind of switch over to a different fuel system. Now, a few things. Each gram of glycogen in your body's stores is bound to, some experts say, three to four grams of water. So when you use up those stores, you lose a bit of water weight super fast, which is partly why if you've ever been on a low-carb diet for like, I don't know, a television job, and then once it's wrapped, you've like, I don't know, gone to Little Italy and eaten a trough of gnocchi, two baskets of bread and tiramisu alone, such that the waiter seems to want to ask if you've just gotten out of prison, the next day or so, you'll be like 10 pounds heavier on the scale and your denim skirt won't zip in 2003. I'm just saying. Each glycogen shows up to your muscle party with an entourage of like three or four water molecules. So when you get rid of the glycogen, you get rid of some water too. Low-carb diets are helpful for quickly losing water weight, for sure. And then from there... Eating for keto is about 65% fat, 35% protein, and 5% carbs. That is said to keep your body burning your fat stores and also promoting something called autophagy, which is Greek for eating yourself. Your body just casually eating itself like a hungry goat going around, scanning the cupboards, gobbling up screwed up cells and weird bits of scar tissue and extra cancer mess ups and recycling the parts. So that's another reason why people like the keto diet is you burn fat really quickly when you switch to fat-burning ketosis, and possibly it can be healthier in other ways. Now, there's some controversy about autophagy and its role in cancer. On one hand, it can grab tumors and nip them in the bud, but in later stages, it could promote tumors spreading. 
I do not have the answers for you here. But Dr. Yoshinori Oshumi is on the case. He just won the Nobel Prize in 2016 for his work on autophagy. Google that. So, you thought you are just going to learn about carbohydrates and how to make your pants button. And now you have all kinds of dirt on glycogen and fatty acids and cancer and rare diseases and how much gnocchi I can eat in a sitting, which is a lot. By the way, if you're like, where is the Atkins diet and all this? The low-carb one where I just eat bacon sandwiches with slabs of cheese as the bread, and then I eat a mayonnaise milkshake. That promotes ketosis too, but it's got some stages in terms of carbohydrate levels and... The keto diet is a little more exact and less like go forth and drink queso, my children. I will say I have friends on the keto diet who absolutely love it and say they've never felt better and have shed a ton of weight. So your mileage may vary. Do your research ahead of time. Side note, if you're trying to get healthier in the new year and lose weight and opt for low carbs, it is best to do it with whole foods cut out the diet drinks and diet foods, which can mess with your insulin levels and make you hungrier also. Now, if you see sugar alcohols on a label, the best way to consume that is by building a large bonfire, throwing the item onto the bonfire, and then running very far in the other direction. Unless you're okay passing undigestible molecules into your large intestine to ferment and cause gastrointestinal distress on parallel with drinking from a puddle in Calcutta, which is what some sugar-free diet foods that have sugar alcohols like mannitol can do. So Google sugar-free gummy bears plus Amazon reviews. Settle in for what sounds like war journalism from the front lines of a toilet. I'll give you an example. Quote, Don't eat more than 15 in a sitting unless you are trying to power wash your intestines. The reviews are so good. Please find them. If you're thinking of going low carb, you're now armed with some vital information. I'm very, very, very much not a doctor. But as a person who eats desserts for work and has to wear an elastic girdle under some of my clothes, I can tell you in a literal pinch, I just eat protein and vegetables I skip the grains, drink a lot of water, say no to diet sodas, no sugar. That usually helps when I start to look like a walking cautionary tale or like a 1990s rocker mugshot. So anyway, that's my advice. Also, don't sue me. Anyway, it's really we've just found like cutting out certain carbs can really help manage calories well. So instead of doing a sandwich for lunch, if you do a salad, like you've saved 200 calories because you don't eat the bread. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll do stuff like that a lot. And yeah, my family teases me all the time about it. And it's like, I know I study carbs, but I'm also trying to stay in shape in grad school. You gain a lot of weight. (laughs) But there's also like an upper limit of how many carbs is a good amount of carbs. Of course. Right. Yes, of course. Like Like I get carbs from things other than bread. Yeah. And and while, you know, being a glycobiologist, I can say like you need carbohydrates to survive. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Um, you don't. It doesn't mean you have to eat like 16 pieces of bread. Um, (laughs) You're getting I mean, like I said, plants are made up of carbs. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. eat a vegetable and you'll be fine. Eat a vegetable. I have questions. Yes. From our listeners. But before we take questions from you, our beloved listeners, we're going to take a quick break for sponsors of the show. Sponsors. Why sponsors? You know what they do? They help us give money to different charities every week. So if you want to know where Ologies gives our money, you can go to AliWard.com and look for the tab Ologies Gives Back. There's like 150 different charities that we've given to already with more every single week. So if you need a place to go donate a little bit of money, but you're not sure where to go, those are all picked by ologists who work in those fields and And this ad break allows us to give a ton of money to them. So thanks for listening and thanks sponsors. This podcast and my life is brought to you by Squarespace. Do you know that I didn't have a website for forever because I was putting it off because I was scared? And then I heard another podcast talk about Squarespace. I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. I had a website up that day. They have beautiful templates. They host. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Look at me. Even I did it. You can sell products. You can sell your time. They have this guided design system. It's called Squarespace Blueprint. You can select from a layout. There are styling options. You can get your 
your website discovered with these integrated, optimized SEO tools so people find you when they Google. They also have easy-to-use payment tools, so check out Very Easy for Customers, which is what you want. There's also Squarespace AI, which can help you explain what your site is about. You can choose your tone. Whether you're a scientist who wants to share your work with the world, whether you are starting up a business selling tiny paintings of tiny books, or a choreographer selling dance classes, head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash ologies to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. I recommend it to all my friends even when I'm not recording an ad. Okay. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, we're all carrying around just a backpack of stressors and sadnesses. When we keep them all zipped up and the load gets heavier, it can start to affect us negatively. You start to feel misunderstood, sad, resentful. A safe place to unpack that is, you guessed it, therapy. Therapists can help you dump out your bag and work through the heavy garbage that's weighing you down, in my case at least. I've used BetterHelp. They have definitely helped me understand that pushing my feelings down does not actually make them go away. It makes them feel worse. So if you've been thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient and flexible. It's suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's so much faster and easier than trying to hunt down a therapist from just online listings and cold calling. That's one thing I love about BetterHelp. And if for any reason you are not vibing with your therapist, you can switch anytime, no additional charge, no drama. So unburden yourself and trauma dump onto someone who's trained for this. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ologies today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ologies. Oh, KiwiCo. We love you. Kids love you. Parents love you. Uncle Allie's love you. Here's the deal. So whether you're staying at home or you're heading out on some summer explorations, KiwiCo is inviting kids, also kids at heart, that's you, to enjoy their first ever summer adventure series. So kids from two years old to teens can receive six hands-on science and art project kits over six weeks. They have something for everyone. They have different topics for each age, whether your kid wants to explore space or learn about dinosaurs. And I've heard from my parental friends that summer can be a little challenging to keep the kids busy. KiwiCo's like, we did the legwork for you. And the Summer Adventure Series is this personalized experience with super fun activities like a bottle rocket kit where kids can build an actual bottle rocket. And you can either receive all of your summer adventure crates at once or weekly for six weeks. I think it's so amazing that they have different crates for different ages. Everything from the great outdoors that has like giant bubbles or a window garden to a trebuchet kit for ages 9 to 14. An entrepreneur where you can do textured clay projects. If you have kids, if you know kids, keep them occupied and learning and having fun this summer with KiwiCo. And you can get 20% off your summer adventure series at kiwico.com slash ologies summer. That's 20% off your summer adventure at kiwico.com slash ologies summer. Oh, have fun. Oh, hi, it's me, the lady that checks a bunch of scholarly articles before she believes anything. Allie Ward. And I feel like we are similar in that we have a fair amount of skepticism and we like to dive deep and find out what the actual facts are. This is why when it comes to any kind of supplements, I enjoy Ritual, which is a female-founded B Corp, meaning that they're holding themselves accountable to not just the company, but also to the health of people in our planet. And they're clinically backed essential for women at 18 plus multivitamin has these high quality, traceable key ingredients in bioavailable forms that are clean. Only about 1% of supplement brands are USP verified and Ritual is one of them. So I like being able to trust what I'm putting in my body. From an aesthetic standpoint, I'll also tell you that Ritual are beautiful little vitamins. They look like lava lamps and they taste like mint. So taking my Ritual is part of my, I guess, morning ritual. That's probably why they named it that and I didn't even think about it. Anyway, no more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. So get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash ologies. You can start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash ologies for 25% off. Down the hatch. Okay, your questions. Uh, Laura wants to know what your favorite sugary snack is. My favorite sugary snack. Ooh. Donuts or cupcakes are kind of the top two for me. Yeah. And those have complex and simple carbohydrates. Those are mostly simple carbohydrates. And what is the difference yeah. between a complex and a simple carbohydrate? Um, so a simple sugar, a little bit complicated to explain. So like glucose... Um, you know of in like sugar it mm-hmm. makes up like 
it's a part of sucrose that mm-hmm. um, is the sugar that we eat. Um, and it also, it all that means is it's a, it's a single sugar molecule. Like gu- glucose is a single sugar molecule. Well, there's different types of sugar molecules. There's also one called galactose and um, fucose. When those connect together, mm-hmm. they make multiple sugar chains and that's when they get complex is when you get multiples of them. This is a really dumb question, but why are simple carbohydrates sweet and complex carbohydrates with more sugar in them are less sweet? Oh, so that's just like a characteristic of, of like the sugar. So like glucose itself is sweet, but then there's another sugar called mannose that's like bitter. Hmm. So the taste is just a characteristic of different types of sugars. I tried to look this up and explain it and... I found a sentence that says stepwise modification at each chiral center around the sugar ring allows the sapid functions in these molecules. Anyway, some sugars are bitter, some are sweet. That's all I got for you. I'm sure that to our body is like more sugar means more fat means I live through the winter. Yeah, I'm sure there's evolutionary aspects of it. Yeah. Okay. Carbs in the winter. Why do we eat them? Well, some people think that when the days start getting shorter and there's less light, we know winter is coming. And to survive the cold, you need feasts and mead and biscuits and cookies your neighbor made. Now, other behavioral psychologists say it's just crimes of opportunity. The holidays mean more gatherings. Gatherings mean cheese platters and crackers and a bunch of caramel corn that you're going to crack your teeth on, but you don't even care. I like the theory that everyone gets a case of the SADS, seasonal affective disorder, a mild form of depression that your grandma probably calls the winter blues. Depression can cause carbohydrate cravings because carbohydrates promote the production of serotonin, which is a buzzy, happy, warm, feel-good chemical in your brains. Either way, let's chalk it up to good old-fashioned messed-up self-medication that brings us temporary joy and future misery. I don't know how to end this aside. I don't... Oh, you know what? I'm just going to tell you that the largest loaf of bread ever made was baked by a Brazilian man in 2008, and it weighed 3,400 pounds, or 1,500 kilograms. It's one long-ass loaf pan. It winds back and forth. And the photos of its production before they cooked it look like an albino anaconda waiting in line at Disneyland. It's huge. Moving on. Lucy wants to know, are carbohydrates your favorite organic compound? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Angela wants to know, will there ever be a cure for type 1 diabetes? Um, I'm optimistic about that one. And that actually, um, that is a disease that um, a lab at the CCRC, and, and it actually, in general, within glycobiology, there's a lot of focus on it, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty optimistic about um, a treatment for that. There's a lot of labs focusing on that, and, and they... they make a lot of progress. I think it's just in the world of research, things take time, unfortunately. She also wants to know what impact do sugars and glycans have on gut bacteria, if any? Ooh, a lot. Um, Yes, actually. Um, So your gut bacteria, so like I said, bacteria express their own types of sugars too. Mm -hmm. Um, And they'll have a different combination of complex sugars on their surface compared to our surface, um, our cell surfaces, um, our cells surface, sorry, um, (laughs) say that 10 times fast. Um, and the sugars that we, that, that our body makes, um, interact with the bacteria, like the bacteria will have their own carbohydrate binding proteins. And so that's actually a really hot area of research right now. Is that gut biome? Oh, yeah. So you have these kind of glycan streamers that are jutting off of a cell surface, and those are interacting with your good and bad gut bacteria to be like, who are you? What are you doing here? What do you want? Oh, so you are kind of, or some glycobiologists are studying how your cells interact with all the bacteria. With good or bad bacteria, exactly. And even understanding, I mean, even just the basic understanding of like why a bad bacteria is bad like how come your cell how come the bad bacteria like infects your cell and the good bacteria don't necessarily and that 
communication mm-hmm. could be facilitated through glycans. It could be that the good bacteria have certain glycans that the cell recognizes. It's like, oh, never mind. This is okay. And then the bad bacteria express a different combination of glycans and your cell is like, whoa, no, you don't belong here. Like mm-hmm. I'm calling in backup oh pretty much. God. Yeah. I wonder if there's any just like kind of medium bacteria that they're like, I'm not really a dick and I'm not that nice either. I'm just kind of a medium. Maybe there could be some that definitely are like a mild or just like, I'm going to chill here and, and you're this never is a alone. nice dark environment. It's a nice, dark, stinky environment. Yeah. <laughs> I promise you that one day I will have a microbiologist on to talk about the importance of the gut biome. It is, it's all I want. If you are one of those, just slide in my DMs. I would love to talk about our stinky guts. Jen wants to know what is the most interesting thing about sugar on a molecular level? What does it look like? Ooh. So they're all like these little six or five membered rings so if you think back to like chemistry class Mm -hmm. um they're like little rings of carbon so a a sugar is a glycan oh okay just that's all synonymous yeah and it's it's really interesting how just like a a a very small change means it's a different sugar and therefore it has a different property like everything from glucose being sweet to mannose being bitter like those two structures are actually really similar oh but like one little change gives it a whole different characteristic. And that's kind of like the beauty of anything on a molecular level mm-hmm. is just that like at all the diversity, all the different cell type, like everything that makes the world that we see it is like just small molecular changes that add up. If that makes sense. Yeah. I know that sounds really dumb. No. Does that ever, does that ever trip you out from a, from like a, what is life standpoint? Oh, at all? all the time. Really? <laughs> yeah. Do you think about chemistry? Um, just when you're driving around, when you're just eating, when you're watching a movie? No, <laughs> no I'm definitely, I, I like thinking about science, but I, I can also very easily turn that off and move on with my life. <laughs> You're like, I can compartmentalize it. Um, Sarah wants to know, is it frustrating that our society has demonized sugar since glycans are so important to everything? Yeah, that's a, it's actually a really interesting way to think about it. Because as, as like a glycobiologist, I definitely differentiate like the sugar we eat from the sugar on our cell surfaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see that distinction, but I totally realize that like n- nobody else would see that distinction. And... Um, so they're like, ooh, sugar's bad, when really it's pretty important. How much sugar should we eat? This is a good question. I asked the American Heart Association. They recommend no more than around 30 grams of sugar a day, particularly sugar. If you're like, do I even eat that? Probably not. Well, eh. the average American consumes 82 grams of sugar every day. That's roughly... 66 pounds of added sugar consumed each year per person. That's so much sugar. So I found a site run by UCSF Med School. It's called Sugar Science. They say, quote, using brain scanning technology, scientists at the U.S. National Institute on Drug Abuse were among the first to show that sugar causes changes in people's brains similar to those in people addicted to drugs such as cocaine and alcohol. These changes are linked to a heightened craving for more sugar. Now, UCSF has this incredible team of scientists. They study sugar in the diet, its role in human health, and they have a Meet the Scientist page. It lists epidemiologists, psychiatrists, endocrinologists, nutritional biologists, but no glycobiologists because the glycobiologists are really doing work at the cellular level with sugars and saccharides to find how cells use them to communicate and to help find cures for rare diseases, which is why Michelle doesn't have a ton of interest in fad diets. And I was up Googling before and after pics, Kardashian, keto, longer than I really needed to be. Let's, let's be honest. I really completed my research and then I just kept looking. Well, Allison wanted to know, how is glycobiology helping with developments of uh, the skin and aging? And she also notes, got this from Wikipedia. Yes. Okay. So there is um, a particular complex carbohydrate chain called hyaluronic acid. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and you will see that on a lot of your beauty products. Yes, I think I've it's smushed in that on my, my face. moisturizer. Yes, yeah. indeed. Um, so essentially, it is a long chain of sugars, um, a, com- a particular combination of sugars that 
um, retains water really well. So like it attracts water and water molecules stick to it and it plumps up with like, I think it can like one chain, like can hold like a hundred times its own volume, its own mass in water. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what is your least favorite thing about glycobiology? What do you, what really chaps your hide? Um, it's weird because it's a combination of like a thing I like about it and a thing I don't like about it. Like it's, it's an, it's a growing field, um, but it's still a fairly small field. And so kind of everybody knows everybody and everybody knows everybody's research. Um, it has its pluses because for instance, there's really only like one real textbook, like really good textbook for glycobiology called the essentials of glycobiology. (laughs) And so it's a, it's a very close, like knit community, which is nice, but it does mean anytime like two professors have like a beef or something, Uh you know, like your professor might be like, no, don't go postdoc in that person's lab because they suck. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it, it, it's got the same issue of any close knit community is that any of the problems kind of get exacerbated. Mm -hmm. Um, it also means like our professional society meetings, for instance, when, you know, you go to like these big conferences, ours is pretty small. It's like 400 people compared to like society for neuroscience. It's like 40,000 people, right. you know, society for glycobiology is tiny. Does that make um, you feel elite though? Do you feel like you're a member of a small cool club? Um, I never really thought of it that way. I'm not really into elitism, yeah. so I don't really know. <laughs> like, um, no. It 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 gives it a nice like family aspect, but um, it just doesn't give quite as much room for like networking and branching mm-hmm. out. There may not be many glycobiologists, but Michelle says it's a really good skill set. It's starting to get some attention. The pharmaceutical industry is really picking up on it, and there's a lot of room for using carbohydrates and their role in cell signaling for vaccine development. But still, I mean, I, I had to admit that I was stoked. I kind of fangirled when I met her and she said she's a glycobiologist. I know when I met you, I was like, I'm not going to encounter another glycobiologist for probably ever. So I was like, excuse me, can I pull you into this room? (laughs) There you go. So what is her very, very, very favorite thing? Like what gives you butterflies, makes you like get excited about getting into the lab or, or just doing the work you do? What do you love? Oh, for me personally, it's, 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 thinking about it in a way to understand like how this is going to benefit the communities and in particular these communities that are suffering from like really rare congenital disorders of glycosylations and that makes me really excited do you want glycobiology to become a bigger thing i do as much as i say i like the close-knit family like i still want to see it become a common term i want you know undergraduates to learn about it in science classes i want pharmaceutical industries to like realize it's important and importance and like hire more and do more of its own research in glycobiology. Have you considered shirts that say glycobiology is pretty sweet? She had not. She did get memed by a friend and it's just a photo of her in glasses in the lab with the all caps proclamation glycobiology is cool. I will post this on the ologies Instagram because I feel it needs to be seen. Do you have to wear lab coats? I do not. And like nothing's going to like infect me in my lab. So I don't worry too much about it. But you could probably get so much respect at Starbucks if you waltzed in with a lab coat. <laughs> just consider <laughs> That's it. Hilarious. They're really like they're kind of hot, though. They're like not a very breathable material. Oh, I thought you meant like people look hot in them. I'm like, yeah, oh, people look great in a lab coat. <laughs> nah, you get all like hot and uncomfortable. It's only nice because it has pockets. And if you're not wearing like if you're wearing leggings and a T-shirt and you don't have pockets, like the lab coat is clutch. The lab coat is clutch. Words to live by with Michelle Duquois. Also, please, someone start that as a meme. Thank you very much. Thank you yeah. so, so much for coming on. I'm so glad. I feel like I am walking away with so with a good grip on what glycobiology is. I had no idea what it was yesterday. I'm glad. Yay. That actually makes me really happy. Yay, go. Yay, science communication. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> so next time you stare lovingly into a pita pocket or... Or you banish your cereal to a locked file cabinet in the basement. Just remember that your cells are like koosh balls. It's all crazy with carbs on their surface. And they're all talking to each other and waging wars on invaders. And you're just like eating an apple on a bench, wondering if you should get an asymmetrical haircut this year. I say go for it.
To follow Michelle Ducroix, she's at MT Ducroix on Twitter and Instagram. And Ologies is Ologies on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm Allie Ward on both. If you want to find out what topics are coming up next and you want to submit questions to our ologists, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash ologies. You can support with a dollar an episode. You can do 25 bucks a month. You can even do $1 a month. 25 cents an episode. Let's this show continue running, allowing me to pay the amazing Stephen Ray Morris for editing and engineering, to pay for equipment, to pay for web hosting. Buying merch also supports the show, and we have a ton up at ologiesmerch.com, including individual pins that are so cute for $8 each. If you have any ologies or ologists you want to hear about, tweet me about them, send me a message on Instagram, join the Ologies podcast on Facebook. And thank you to everyone, again, who has left a review on iTunes keeping ologies in the top of the science charts. It only takes like two minutes to do at most, and I'm a creep. I read every one of them. And when I'm tired or having a hard time uploading something or run into a research cul-de-sac, it keeps me going so much to know that you guys are out there listening to the show. Because other than that, it's just it's just me in my closet recording this, which is literally what's happening right now. Oh, and as for this week's end of show secret... um. Right before I started recording this, I ate a slice of apple, and uh, I realized I'm currently digesting half of the sticker. I ate the slice of apple, I looked, and I realized the other half of the sticker was still on the part of the apple I had not eaten. I ate the sticker. So if I die, it's because of my addiction to fructose. In my absence, please, ask smart people dumb questions, because they love it. Okay, bye-bye. Zoology, litology, nanotechnology, meteorology, olfactology, nephology, seriology, selenology. Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories, but your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life resistant, high performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.